what's up what's up uh thanks for coming back for part two of this crazy bumper massive episode of hip-hop forum uh cal t and i really enjoyed making this one um quite a few beers to the wind um as you can probably tell um so in this episode we, we get into silly reasons why we hate rappers uh he did his body count all of your mad questions uh and just general hip-hop chat so thanks for staying with us peace Right, um, T, I think you found this, um, posted it into the group, which was a tweet um, from at Berg260. <laughs> and his tweet was literally just, my friend still won't listen to Benny the Butcher because he doesn't like his sideburns. <laughs> uh, which you put in the group and we all just obviously fucking pissed ourselves because it was just so random and funny. And so we thought it might be quite fun to be like, are there silly reasons that you dislike certain rappers? Which I thought was like just a very funny concept because there's like loads of people that we've we've mentioned throughout all the episodes on here that we we've come up with mad reasons why we just never like related to that person. So I thought it'd be quite good for us to go into it. So um, so Carl, I'll start with you, mate. What what um, are there are there any that you just like you don't like them and you've got a mad reason why you don't like them? No, not really. Like, uh, kind of a niche one. I don't like Danny Brown's voice. Danny Brown is just like this weird, he's just weird and I don't like him because he's weird. I was really anti-Rick Ross back in the day because he used to be a correctional officer. Like the hip hop purist in me or the G-Unit fanboy in me was like, nah, you can't like him. He used to be a correctional officer. Fuck that. And I like hated him for years because of that. But now I love him. Um, (laughs) Now I think Rick Ross is great. I don't care if he's a fucking correctional officer or not. Um, Yeah, not really. Those Those are the only ones I can think of. See any any mad reasons? I hated Black Thought for a while, um, in the oh. early days because called it early. He used to he used to um, pronounce words differently to fit into a rhyme. Mm. So it's like if I say murder was the case, your name is John Bass. So I'm saying that <laughs> to fit in. I'm saying that to fit into the rhyme. Right. And that's right. what Black Thought would do a lot. I don't know if he still right. does it. And they did it a lot on um, Illadelph. And that kind of put me off him a little bit as a top tier MC. Obviously, now I think he's one of the best around. But yeah, I wasn't fond of him for that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's a more than reasonable reason. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, because there, there's a lot of like rappers I don't like because I don't like their like their actual ability to rap. Like like Lil Wayne, for example. I don't like him, and it's not because of like some weird reason. I don't like him because I think he's shit. Um, and is one of the main reasons that hip hop has descended into garbageness. Um, so that's, but that's not a silly reason. That's, I think that's like a factually accurate reason. Um, so that there aren't any like physical or just funny reasons that I like just out of hand dislike people. Uh, Ti, I guess I, I've got no reason to dislike Ti, but I just don't like the way that he always wears sunglasses and I can never actually see his eyes. And so that always just pissed me off. I was like, I can't. I don't know. I just can't get into him because of his sunglasses. I and also, I, speaks. I, yeah, that's the other reason. I hate his voice and his his speaking voice particularly. Yeah, the so way he tries say. to crowbar ridiculously long words into sentences. It's like you're not fucking intelligent. You're a thick mm. cunt, and you nod your daughter practically. So fuck off. Yeah, he he's the classic example of like someone who wants to be seen to be really really smart. And yeah. That whole weird thing around his daughter and taking her to a fucking gynecologist and all of that stuff. I was just like, you weird cunt. You fucking weird yeah. cunt. Yeah. Hey, um, I've actually got a little bit of an idea. It might fall flat at his face. 
But my missus was convinced for years that Rodrigo was Buster Ramsey's sister. Oh. <laughs> so I'm okay. kind of thinking, oh, obviously, you don't, I don't think you two will have anything to say now immediately. But do you have any other, like, random rumours that, that made you laugh? So I thought for a long time, and actually, I'm, now I've just started saying it, I'm not actually sure if it's true or not. I heard a rumour that Pharrell Williams was related to Khalees Williams, as in Khalees. And I was like, well, that makes loads of sense. They kind of look a bit similar. Like, I can see it. And, like, she's done tracks with the Neptune. So I was like, well, yeah, obviously, they're brother and sister. That makes total sense. But I think that's also complete bullshit. Her name is um, Williams, though. Huh? I know, but that was the rumour that, that her <laughs> name was Williams. Or that it was like, Khalees was like a cover name, and her actual name is Khalees Williams. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah. So that was like the rumour. Yeah, her name's Rogers, isn't it? Or, yeah, yeah Khalees Rogers. Khalees Rogers, yeah. Right. Um, no, so I heard that. Yeah, uh, I don't know any yeah. rumors. I don't know any weird rumors. Sorry. A lot of them are more to do with R and B, like Beyonce being older than she actually says she is. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. is that a thing? Is it? Yeah, but to be fair, celebrities lie about their ages all the time. But I thought she was meant to be older than Kelly, but she turned forty after her, some mad shit like that. So I don't know. That's a bit weird. And there's those mad rumors that like Beyonce like blackballs other R and B singers if they cross her. Oh God, yeah. Amy Marie, Kerry Hilson. Yeah, Kerry Hilson's one, and then yeah, A. Marie, like she just fucking blackballed them. They never got in again because of because of ah, Beyonce. Because of one thing, sounded like crazy in love. Yeah, yeah, or like an interview where they've said something, not even really about her, but they just said something she didn't like, and then that's it. They're finished. Michael Jordan took it personally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. I took it personally. Oh yeah. my god, there's a YouTube compilation of him just saying. I took this personally. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. Imagine that, though. We were talking about documentaries. Imagine, like, a Last Dance kind of thing for a rapper. That's fucking amazing. Well, Logic's album. The retirement yeah, album. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the last cry. Fucking pussy. I have a bunch of suburban <laughs> kids are talking about how it touched them. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got, you've got Joe Budden being like, Gary Payton, like, oh. <laughs> no, Joe Budden never got to me. Never got to me, and then like Budden's there, just going, just looking straight down the camera, like, yeah, we both know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the glove. I didn't worry about the glove. Yeah. Uh, Last Dance is fucking sensational. Like, do you know what the worst thing about watching documentaries like that is? You want every documentary to be made like that. Yeah. And it's yeah. so not. Like, it's just so annoying. I just watched recently the um, Wu Tang one of Mike's and Men. It yeah. was fine. But fucking hell, there was so much stuff they just like breezed over, and there was just so. It's the Wu Tang Clan for fuck's sake, and they they kind of went from thirty six chambers to uh, to now. And you're like, oh, hang on, what what? No, you could do the the amount of I think it was five or six episodes. That's just the first album and the fallout of that and how that worked. Then you could do another like six episodes on like their individual solo careers and the albums and like what what took place in that sort of second era. And then you can come back with like the other albums, right? Like the, the W and the fucking Iron Flag and all that shit. Like there's loads, like there's loads. And it just seems six, thing is, six mate, was too short. I get it, but the thing is, they, they make when they make these documentaries, right? They're not catering to the purple tape buying weirdos like you. They're catering to the fucking ethnic trainers wearing guardian readers. What like you? Like me, yeah. My fucking DCs. <laughs> Kicking your fucking machine, mate. One of a chain on it. <laughs> what you say, T? Velcro wallet with a chain on it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking w- cut you in my fucking Wilco's gift card, you can't. 
got a, got a custom Wu Tang Pez that he got off eBay. He loves it. <laughs> Fuck it up. Well, right. Okay. Run the Jules record oh. bag over my shoulder, you slag. <laughs> Do you remember that when it was like a craze of people buying was it Technics record bags like yeah, right. um, black ones and stuff and then like bomber jackets and all that like, is so mad. <laughs> yeah, I had one. I had one. I loved it. I thought it was really fucking cool. And then there was like all the Technics t-shirt. They were like all in the primary colours and it was just so bait. It's just funny. I had a fucking. Uh, oh, it's reminded me. I had a a Jungle Fever bomber jacket for jungle music, but obviously now it has racial connotations to it, so I'd probably get my exactly. face stoved in if I wore that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that is a good point. You don't want, you don't want to walk around that because you, you could get the wrong impression. Like I saw, just on a complete side note, I saw one um, that was like in the same font and same red and white lettering and colouring as the um, Make America Great Again caps, oh. but, it was, but it was like Make Hip Hop Great Again, and there's another one that's like Black Lives Matter, but it's, it just looks the same, right? And so people right. get fucking chinned and like bottled, <laughs> <laughs> like these like well-intentioned like white kids like getting fucking bad, and they were like, oh, "No, God. no, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter," and they're showing him the cap like it's supposed to be like, "Well, we're not, we're not um, fucking make America like we're not MAGA cunts. We're like we're part of the cause, so we're gonna like do That's it amazing. in sort of, like solidarity." <laughs> people just see the red cap and just fucking glass. Pretty funny. Oh, bless him. Right, we're going to have one last quick break and then we are going to get into um, we're going to get into Black Thought, Ghostwriting Rumours, Common being a sex pest uh, and P. Diddy's body count. I want I want Cal to basically defend him like he's Johnny Cochran um, defending uh, OJ because this is pretty pretty sad shit and um, there's there's no like small glove to protect you this time, Cal. So we're going to go into uh, some details. So have a quick break and we'll be back very shortly. Okay, so one of the um, former hated rappers from Thelonious Filth, uh, Mr. Black Thought from The Roots. Um, apparently, so we lost we lost Malik B in the hip hop community recently, mm-hmm. and afterwards there was a a big fallout um, from Jaguar Wright saying that um, Black Thought essentially had a ghostwriter. Common was a sex pet. It was like a big, it was almost like what they call it, an expose, wasn't it? Just on fucking loads of people. And it was just mad shit. Um, And I just thought this was a really interesting story because Black Thought has a lot of love, rightly so, or as we thought, for his pen, his pen game and his his ability to just be a fucking uh, wordsmith, a barsman. Uh, So this is like the, this is a little bit like Talib Kweli ending up piping Sarah J after years of being very woke and into uh, Afrocentricity. So this was a really interesting story and something that I thought we should we should talk about. So let's break it down into parts. We'll come back to Common uh, as a sex pest. Um, and let's start with um, Black Thought as a ghostwriter. T, I'm going to start with you because um, he was obviously on your shit list before. Um, and for whatever reason, he's now turned that round. Is he back on your shit list or do you think these rumours are bullshit, mate? Uh- well, I'll be honest, I'm not. What does ghostwriting actually mean? Does it literally mean you've sat on your ass and someone's written a song for you? Or does it mean that someone else had a concept, you jumped on it, but it was their idea, so it's their song? You know, I mean, what, when we say ghostwriting hip-hop, we're presuming that, that um, I don't know, Black Thought is on fucking TV shows and I'm the front man for The Roots while they're writing his raps for him. So I don't know. Um it's, it's, it's very likely, because when The Roots first came out, it was Dice Raw, Malik B, and Black Thought. 
and gradually those two the other two faded away. So I guess if you're in close proximity with other rappers, the chances are you may swap bars, you may have written stuff, but I don't know. I mean, there, there was something fishy about the way um, the Roots treated Malik B, but even if he did have a ghost route, I wouldn't think any less of him because hip hop, hip hop's a weird genre like that. Like that. Would you Would you think, Cal? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, like if he was like a, I can't imagine that he's like a a Puff Daddy, Dr. Dre kind of character that has all his raps wrote for him because in that in that case what's the point of him because at the you know the early days of his career before he was you know on what is he on jimmy fallon uh, he's on one of those shows isn't he and yeah, they're all uh, before he was before they was all on that then you don't need him do you you know malik b would have just would have been the guy that that um would have been the front man you, you don't need a black fort so it just doesn't make sense for me that that he's like this guy that's getting all his shit wrote for him. Maybe did he borrow a line or two? I think you'd be hard pressed for a rapper that didn't borrow a line or two from somebody. Or if you're in a group, you know, you go, you're sitting there writing, and somebody says, "Oh, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that?" You know, um, I don't think borrowing a line or two is a big deal. If you're getting all your shit wrote for you, that's different. Um, you're getting songs wrote for you, then that's different. But a line or two is not a big deal. But I don't know. She was on her shit, wasn't she, the other night? So um, I don't, don't know. I don't particularly care. Yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, so for me, I'd like to answer your question to you about like what is a ghostwriter. When I think of it, I think of uh, is it still DRE? All of Dre's verses are like were written by Jay Z. Literally, yeah. like every single thing. It's not hidden. It's literally like I've written this. You sent me the instrumental and said, "Can you write me a verse?" And Jay Z is sitting, sit down, and, and written that verse with that person in mind. Apparently, that to me wrote, is like okay. as well. Yeah, and that like I think yeah, and that's fair enough, right? I think that, that that is like a certain thing where like for Dre particularly, he's like not a rapper in the true sense of the word, like yeah. writing about his own experiences. He's like an artist in hip hop and a producer, so his skill set is more on the production side, right? So I think in that instance it's fine because it's like it's in the fucking credits. It's not like a secret and he's talked about it and Jay Z's talked about it and and even when you listen to it, like you can fucking tell, like you can you can hear that Jay Z delivering those words, and you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I think there's a big difference between that and being in the studio with a bunch of people. You spit a verse, and you can't quite make a thing work, or you know the last line doesn't quite fit with where you want it to, and someone goes, well, what about if you took this line out, change it to this? That's not a ghostwriter for me. That is just maybe that's just a producing. That's just a like team effort essentially on a on a kind of creative level that people are like giving each other ideas and concepts and helping each other through and like most rappers that you see interact with each other and again that Wu-Tang documentary is a great example they're trying to impress each other there's no like we've talked about the toxic masculinity and the bravado of hip-hop like loads of times and including tonight and so the idea of going oh could you write something for me please it's like just I just don't see it mate I really don't see it and I, I can understand it for the big the big commercial cats like Drake and Dre and People like that are like, I need to hear, I'm going to hire Jay-Z to write this. And people like that get it. And like Beanie Siegel apparently is written for Drake and is written for loads of people. And I think like those commercial guys that need certain things done, it's like, fine, you're like outsourcing part of your talent to someone else and getting them to help you. But someone like Black Thor just seems needless. Like, it just seems like a weird thing to do. Um, and also I just, I kind of, so I was just trying to look for it then on Twitter. There were a couple of other artists, not like massive names who were like, I've been in the studio with Black Thought like hundreds of times. He's never, 
he's never yeah yeah exactly but then so, you, i think we've got a factor in as well as this is this is going back 20 years ago not more recently but so in those times, I mean, I don't know Malik B's history. Maybe Malik B was a, was was like, um, what's the Jay Z equivalent? Was it was it Jazzo or Source Money? He was a bigger rapper at the time, and he brought him in. Yeah, it's Jazzo. So maybe, Jazzo. So yeah. So maybe maybe Malik B is like Jazzo, where you brought Black Thought in, the brand blew up, and he says, you know what, Black Thought probably can't finish this rap or this or this tune. So maybe he helped finish finish it off for him. I mean, to be fair, she didn't say explicitly that he ghost wrote all his stuff. He said he used to write his stuff for him. So that could mean anything. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a Dr. Dre commission type thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, um, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I think, I think we've, we've summed that really well. And ultimately, this is why we love hip hop, right? Is that no one will ever know. That's what's the beauty. That's the beauty of the whole, like, you got a ghostwriter. It's just such a fucking like bullshit comment that no one can really ever fact check unless it's like something obvious right it's like, it's like chinese whispers i said oh he's got a ghost yeah. writer. doesn't know maybe he's got someone who's better at writing to give him a hand you know it's probably what she meant but yeah yeah exactly yeah fuck it exactly right the other part which i found really interesting again i think the theme of tonight's show is people that present one way and then maybe have a very sordid like other side to their personality yeah common right I've all, again he's a little bit in the talib kwali category for me where it's like his lyrics are very like and they have evolved because his early stuff is a bit um there's a couple of comments in there that like his views are a little bit they, they stink um for, for, even for me like i'm just a bit like that's that's not right um but his his views have changed and he had this middle period of his career where he's very spiritual very um kind of like yeah like spiritual and thought Exactly. It's powerful, he, he, man. He, he, that, 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 that just overpowers people. I mean, you know, yeah. did, did, it for, did it for Andre. And then, you know, Commerce started wearing those Baker Boy flat caps. Yeah. The, the, the Neo Soul cap. So, yeah, you know, that's obviously what happened. Yeah. It's like it just changes their DNA almost and like changes them on a different path. Erica but, um, WAP. That's got to be the title. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is the title. I will update that shortly. Um, Erica Badu's WAP has definitely changed common. Um, so I always think of him as like this, yeah, like politically charged stuff. And then even in his like later days, like he's doing all these fucking shit adverts for Microsoft about like the world and people and connecting or just like a bit holier than thou bullshit. Um, and so part of this kind of um, expose was about common being a bit of a sex pest. Now, again, like the world that we live in, we now live in an era of like, hashtag me too and believe all women and all that sort of stuff i must stress that these are like unconfirmed allegations at this point but like what do we um cal what do we think about this like can you believe it do you think it's possible do you think this is her maybe lashing out like what, what do you think will happen now for common it's not really it's not really gaining any traction is it this story it's not really going anywhere and it's you know the fact that she's gone from black four to common it might be that she's telling the truth the whole truth but people just don't want to hear it people in this in this world people believe what they want to believe um and it might be she's telling the absolute truth but nobody wants to believe her it could just be the ramblings of a madwoman. You you just don't know. It's one or the other. I'm I'm just looking at Erica Badu and the body she's gone through. Right. Jesus wept. She's got a kid with Andre three thousand. Jay Electronica. 
Jesus, DOC? Oh my God, that Puma's created classic albums like Bravo. <laughs> like that, that's, yeah, like, oh my God, like that fucking Puma's bit 16s, 32s. Wowzers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean to be, to be honest, again, I feel like this this episode has like gone way way Sorry. to the right. Um, no, no, man, I'm more than anyone contributing to um, objectification of women and just mad shit. Um, Erica Badu is well up there of like all time best like favorite crushes of mine. Like she is just fucking unbelievable. So, and that's just from I don't know. I never met her. Just seeing like videos of her, pictures of her, just. There is something very like drawing about her. So like if you were in her company and she's putting it on you or you're putting it on her, fucking hell. You you're not pulling out of that, are you? Let's be honest. No. <laughs> and suddenly you find yourself rapping like Jay Electronica, why would you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, so you know, there's there's certainly something in that, um, for sure. Um, all right, so yeah, I mean I, I agree. I think like the whole like common um thing, I think it's like it's one of those things. Like, of course it could be true and you know it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, I'm loath to be like, oh, she's just making it up. Well, of course it could be true. But, you know, we don't know. And like you said, there's not many like people kind of corroborating her story. Not that that, again, even needs to happen, but it's just one of those very difficult things where it's like and, innocent. But, to but it's co- co- common to a bit corporate now. I mean, as yeah. soon as um, that rumour went out, they put out, you know, t- Tiffany Haddish says, yeah, she's of um, common now. And that yes. takes over the news. Yes. So that kind of um, wiped out the whole Jaguar yeah. right thing. So um, true, you know. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but usually um, it's kind of like it's like a Me Too thing, isn't it? Because I imagine for for people that 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 do those that harass women like that, there's a power to it, and so yeah. doing it once isn't enough. And so there's usually a Me Too kind of moment, isn't yeah. there? There's like, yeah, that happened to me too. That happened to me too. Um, that didn't happen. Doesn't mean it's not true, but well, it only recently happened, so you can't really say yes, it's not. Happened but usually, yet. it follows pretty quickly in the world of social media. You know, it's it doesn't take long. There was a a thing in fucking wrestling lately where like a shitload of women came out and said this wrestler did that, and it happened in the space of forty eight hours. You know, the world of social media stuff moves quickly. You know, and but you know the burden of proof is always on the accuser, not the accused, and as as it should be. Um, and so you got, you know, it's 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 a shame, but you just you don't know, you never know. But you've got to presume him innocent. Yeah, fair enough. Um, right. More importantly than any of that is um, is P Diddy's body count, and I'm going to get straight into this car. I'm not going. I'm not going to fuck around, bro. Um, we there was a tweet uh, by Shaz, and his at is at uh, Solidus Shaz. Uh, and he basically said, so basically the, the news is that um, Loon was released from prison after nearly a decade. Um, so obviously one of the greatest rappers of all time, uh, Loon, Bad Boy Records, one of Cal's favourites, obviously got pictures of him all over his house in a, a small yeah. shrine in the corner of his bedroom. I do actually have um, a picture of me and Talib Kweli on my wall. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> to be fair, I've got loads of pictures of Sarah J on my hard drive. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he's basically just he's just posted this which I think is really interesting so he's just put so Loon did 10 years Shine did 10 years Depp is currently in for murder Big died Craig Mack died Mace got called to preach Locks had to bully themselves off the label one day we got to talk about it so I was thinking about this and think we, we've spoken like, I feel like we always talk about Diddy on, on here but this is really interesting which is like he has caused this fucking wave of destruction and whether that's just because Hip hop 
sort of attract people from certain backgrounds when they get money or they get fame they find it difficult to kind of cope with it and therefore like things happen but it does seem like it's a lot of stuff happening to to bad boy employees essentially so so carol i want you to um i want you to defend p diddy and tell me why this is just coincidence and not um, um him being basically a terrible human okay so i think you look at record labels and, and label heads not when in what other genre of music is the label head an artist or is the label head a prominent figure you know tommy Mottola ran sony for many years I, he could walk past me in the street and i wouldn't know who he is but p diddy is a celebrity and an artist as well as a as well as a you know um an, a label owner and so with that comes extra scrutiny and the scrutiny is of all the artists that have gone through bad boy and have ended up not doing so well i imagine if you look at most record labels you'd find plenty of eyes that have not done very well um so and also the the people that he signed have come from they come from you know shitty background you know it's like boxers they come they usually come from the hood and so they don't learn how to manage money they don't know how to manage fame and so they end up in trouble they end up doing they end up going back to the hood. They end up getting involved in shit that they shouldn't get involved in. Um, and I and on top of that, I imagine that Jada Kiss called Puffy a paper gangster. He called him a paper gangster because he what he meant by that was he's a gangster with the paperwork. He he's super super tight with the paperwork. And I think he's Puffy was just pulling the same tricks that all the other fucking label owners were doing. He was just more prominent person in the music industry than them because he was an artist as well. Um, and, I, and I think that's why he's noticed more for it. Uh, so that's my defense. Well, that is a defense. But the issue I have with him is that it's all about black excellence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only thing he's done any, anything for is for himself. I mean, I don't know, maybe there might be a puffy standard listening to this and will tell me the list of altruistic things he's done. But... The only reason why this is an issue is because he preaches black excellence and supporting black businesses when you know, these are black people that he's let down. Is it all, all these things his fault? I don't know. You know. The truth is out there, but but it doesn't look great. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. Sorry, go on, go on, Cal. All I was going to say is you're right, T. He is always out there talking about black excellence and all that sort of stuff. But your your actions define you. Your words don't define mm. you. I want to see you out there doing things for the community is he tweeting arrest the killers of brianna taylor every day no he's not so that's what i want to see from him vote or die was a good thing i think that was quite a good thing um but he's not doing anything that i know of and i, I only follow him on insta so i don't follow him closely but he's not doing anything out there for the community but that was the best defense i could come up with fair mate solid effort solid effort there's something that's not on the running order, and it's going to probably throw the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Yes, we've, 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 we've not mentioned one bloke who's been in the news recently, um, and he's banned from all social media, and that's Wiley. Ah, oh, Wiley, oh, yeah, shit, boy. Yeah, because it wasn't too long ago we were talking about him and Stormzy, and that was on very first hip hop forum, John. One, one of the first, yeah, ones. I think you ran it. Yeah, early ones, yeah. Uh. Well, and yeah, he's got himself a whole band now. Yeah, what? T. I mean, I, I guess um, 
because you because you brought it up, I guess the the thing that I find interesting is there are people on Twitter who've done a lot less and are still have some visibility on Twitter. Um, so like, is is that where you were going with it in terms of like it's mad that you, I... like for example, let's let's look at um, Talib. It's like a campaign of abuse for months and months and months, and he's finally got banned. Whereas Wiley's kind of don't get me wrong, what what he said to me personally, I found very offensive and mental thing to say. Um, but it is in isolation, essentially. What, what do you think, mate? I mean, the issue I've got is that he's banned off every single social media platform. And I believe he has shown a bit of a willingness to, I don't know, re-educate himself and, you know, get, get rehab. Well, rehab in terms of sensitivity and stuff you can and can't say. And he's willing to do this. And they've kicked him off of every single platform, which is a bit, it feels a bit excessive. And, you know, what he said was terrible. Um, and since he said those comments, I've learned a lot myself about anti-Semitism because you, you read the stuff he says and you think, well, that's not anti-Semitic. I hear it all the time, that like, Jews control everything and and this, that and the other. And in, in isolation, that comment is not anti-Semitic, but it, it feeds into something that is very, very anti-Semitic. So, you know, I guess from what Wiley did, it's a bit of an education, but... I don't know if he should have had a lifetime ban if there's remorse there because it sets a precedent for other people who say bad shit on social media. Yeah, and this is this is the thing, right, which is where I find this subject quite interesting, is that there's two things at play here. So there's the, the free speech mob who are like, oh, there's free speech, you can't ban them. Well, first of all, it's, a, it's essentially a private platform, right? So the people who own it can essentially do what the fuck they want. If they don't like you, they're going to kick you off of it. So there's two separate things at play here, which is like, has he has he got the right to say abhorrent things in life? I personally believe he has. However, I also think that he can't then expect to go on a platform and spout like a certain like in this instance, like anti-Semitic kind of bile, basically. And the people that control it decided that that's like a lifetime ban. So I think it's two for me, it's two separate conversations. I guess where the frustration comes is that. There are people saying equally as offensive things about different groups or different individuals who haven't been banned. And again, I would kind of default to the same thing, which is, but it is a essentially a private platform, like as a private business. They can they can pick and choose. They can be inconsistent. They can be hypocrites. And so, like all of us as like the consumer, we have to kind of accept that. And it's not great because I, I personally believe that the reason that we should allow in real life people to say abhorrent things so that we can challenge them and try and educate them and actually say, well, look, the reason that you that you believe that, I believe is flawed and I'd like to tell you why. And so I think banning people of, on anything, like not being letting people speak, and this is a controversial subject, so I appreciate that, but like not letting people speak at all, I actually think is more dangerous long-term for society because I think that there are a lot of bad views. And you mentioned yourself, T, like him saying those awful things made you go, oh, I didn't know that that was that bad research it and educate yourself right and uh, same I, there was some things he said i was like i don't understand why that's considered bad so i found out about it if he's not allowed to say it we can't move forward so i think like the subject is really interesting one really interesting one but i don't know how we how we solve it on this podcast after a few yeah. beers uh free, any, free, any thoughts Cal? no i was just freedom of speech you know it's 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 the thing that that, that people always like to talk about but it it comes with a price and you have the right to say what you want. Uh, I have the right to call you a cunt for saying it. And yeah. and that's kind of what Twitter have done with Wiley. He was, he's been given the freedom to say what he wants to say. 
but now they in a way they've decided to call him a cunt for doing so and they were right to ban him <laughs> perhaps not a life ban but you know they were right to kick him off the platform because he was having a you know a 48 hour rant and he was unrepentant and it wasn't going anywhere and the only way and probably the thing that made him repent was getting kicked off he perhaps he needed to get kicked off for him to think oh fuck me why did i do that you know um and so maybe one day he can come back nothing's here nothing's forever really there's always a way to come back if he truly if he truly repents and if he truly truly means it you know if he's not just saying it because he has to then fair play come back and this this story that, that we're talking about here with Wiley goes full circle back to Puffy because of Nick Cannon and Nick Cannon saying mm. all the anti-Semitic stuff on the uh, Professor X podcast. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and Puffy posting Louis Farrakhan videos on YouTube and then that video getting removed because it had a lot of anti-Semitic stuff on it as well. And then Puffy also inviting Nick Cannon to join him at Revolt TV straight afterwards. And this is before Nick Cannon's apologized or anything um, saying, yeah, come to Revolt TV. So the story kind of goes full circle. It seems to be the wave at the minute, you know, a lot of kind of anti-Semitism going out there. And it's a shame because it's taken a lot of the light off of the Black Lives Matter stuff. And there was yeah. such a good conversation happening and, that was happening and people now will use the anti-Semitic stuff said by Nick Cannon and Wiley to undermine Black Lives Matter and the, and the anti-racism stuff that's been going on as well. And I think that's, that's a real shame. Yeah, totally agree, man. Actually, there's a lot, there's a lot of noise um, and a lot of things around this time that are taking the shine off the core message of like, we need to, we need to still be struggling and striving for equality in, in our communities. And that, you know, there's loads of noise about the people who organize it are Marxist and this event wasn't really for that. Yeah. But the core message is like black lives matter. And we need to talk about how they currently are not, are not mattering to a certain section of, of a lot of societies around the world. And I agree with you. I think there's a lot of air, of air that has taken, it's taken oxygen away from that core message. And that, that is fundamentally a fucking tragedy. Because we were, I think there was some traction happening in society and conversations, difficult conversations were happening um, that, we've, that we've potentially missed out on a little bit. But look, I, I personally don't think it is, is going away. And actually, I'm kind of encouraged by the fact that there, there, is, there is still this momentum there. So let's hope it continues, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Right, so we had we had a couple of good questions, and I didn't I didn't want to lose them because these were really really good. So we've um, we've run over, but we are doing it because these questions are are very good. First one is from uh, Tony Wright, and he says um, hopes slash expectations of the new Nas project. I want to believe it will be great. It certainly could be, but we've had lots of disappointments over the years. Um, Cal, let's start with you, mate. What um what are you, what are your hopes and expectations of this new Nas project? Have you got any any thoughts on it? And and what are you like? How do you feel now when you hear there's like a new Nas project on the horizon? Do you care anymore? I'm kind of meh to it. I think the only real way he can get excitement going is if he calls it Nastradamus Two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the year of the sequel, after all. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I am joking, of course. Um, no, I don't think too much about it, really. Did I? Uh, did I? Was my mind tricking me? Did I see a picture of him in the studio with Dr. Dre and somebody else the other day? Yeah, I, I think. Thought, yeah, the Lupe. Lupe. Yeah, Lupe, Dre, and. Uh, someone else? I don't. I want to say Snoop, but I, mean, I might have just made that up. 
Yeah, I thought I saw Nas in the studio with Dr. J, but I might have a... Dr. J is having this phase of the minute of just taking pictures with random rappers. Yeah. I think I saw a picture of him with him and Exhibit in the studio. It's like, who the fuck wants an Exhibit album in 2020? Like, really? <laughs> um, but Nas, yeah, it's cool. You always want to hear Nas rap. He's always he's always got kind of the potential to do something great. Um, he should stay away from Kanye and stay away from Dr. Dre and... and perhaps and maybe allow himself to be produced by the alchemist or mad lib or you know something like that do something different you know maybe go away from the his usual terrible t- terrible choice in beat production and maybe go let himself be produced by someone that would be really great but yeah always looking forward to hearing stuff from him um lost tape 2 is a bit shit um i didn't like the album we did with kanye i think there was only one or two tracks i really liked on it but it's nars man the guy's a legend Two. Yeah, a bit like Cal. I'm not really that asked, <clears throat> and um, I just think of Dr. Dre. The idea is always better than the reality. You know, mm. people think it's still 1992, and you know, I don't say it's not been relevant in 20 years. I think Cal correctly pointed out the game stuff and Eve, not Eve, uh, face Gwen Stefani. So that was a bit later than the period that I said initially. So yeah. maybe it's all got a hit in him, but I wouldn't say. Anything produced by Dre excites me in any shape or form now. Um, but I think Nas has got another banger of an album still in him. Just wish he'd do it with Primo, that's all. Yeah. Um, it's all we want, isn't it? It's all we want is just like pick pick between, or worst case like scenario, have both of them. Alchemist and Premiere and just get in the studio and do like a 10 to 12 track album. Perfect. No, like Even if it was shit, everyone would say it was good anyway. So just fucking do that. Like, stop messing around with, like, new producers or fucking left-field producers. It's it's just, it's you know when, it's like, someone's really stubborn? Uh, it's a little bit like when you've got a mate who's, like, losing their hair. And you're like, look, mate, you go <laughs> thin, like, just fucking hack it off now. Like, t- take the pump. Like, just go for it. And they're like, no, mate, no, it's fine. It's fine. And it's fine. And then they're like, I'm going to get my hair cut the weekend. You're like, oh, you're getting your hair cut? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, great. I've seen him Saturday. It's going to be loads better get there Saturday and he's just, he's just had a trim on the sides and he's still got his like mental fluffy hair. Just shave it off Nas and get with Preem and Alchemist and give us what we want. Stop fucking about. That's always um, a bit right. too real, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like... You've got a bored in friend. <laughs> no, do you know what? I think it's me, right? Because like my, my hair is fine now. But I've seen enough friends go bald to know it's going to happen to me. Like I just know it is. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm trying to convince myself to not um, keep flirting with Kanye West albums. And when the time is right, I'm just going to go full alchemist and get rid of it. But I'm just <laughs> trying to, just trying to pace it out, you know. So I'm just trying to like leave it, leave it to the right amount, not too long. Like I don't want people to be like, oh, he's, you know, he's still doing documentaries on Mag. Um, you know, just get it right. So that's 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 where I'm. Why I'm where Fuck I'm that! When my time <laughs> comes, I'm getting a man weave. Is it? You're going for it? Fucking yeah. hell! I'm doing, the Rooney, I'm doing the Rooney shit, yeah. Wayne Rooney vibes. Well, David Silver, mate, his head like a fucking fat roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Fucking expensive and needs doing every ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Right, we had we had a question from a regular question giver and regular listener, uh, Mr. F uh, MF Gloom, aka Pontification, always supplying the fucking hot bars when it comes to questions. So thank you, mate. He's given us two gems. Um, Carl, let's start with you. This one is: when you need a palate cleanser from hip hop, what is your go-to genre slash artists, 
And like me, do you struggle with anything that isn't somewhat hip hop adjacent? So, mate, when you're feeling like, oh, just enough of hip hop, what, what's, what's your go to, mate? Uh, I do actually have a guilty pleasures playlist, I call it. It's my guilty pleasures. So it's basically like Backstreet Boys and stuff. And when I'm in a terrible mood, rap, rap sometimes can be too angry to cheer me up. And so I will just listen to I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys or uh, what else? What else is it on this fucking thing? Oh, my God. Never ending story. Oh, my God. There's just loads of cheesy Jamiroquai. Can he just cheesy pop music like that's that's kind of like my thing to get away from rap. And yes, like MF Gloom, I listen to pretty much it's either rap or R&B or soul motowny kind of music really i'm trying to get better i'm slowly getting better um i'm i think i've got better over the last five years at embracing other kinds of music but my choice of music is very much either rap or r&b or soul music uh, it doesn't really stray too far from that to be honest uh, fair play t i know you're a man of, of very eclectic taste so um, i'd be really interested to hear your uh, your take on this one mate yeah, I mean, I don't struggle for other stuff to listen to outside of hip hop. I mean, I guess the hip hop adjacent was probably the most important part of the question, so to speak. So, um, but a lot of the stuff I listen to that's absolutely not hip hop probably be house music. Um, sometimes a bit of UK India, whether it be the Libertines or Radiohead. But in terms of recent stuff, um, listening to a lot of Thundercat, who's worked with Flying Lotus, mm -hmm. um, Dornick, um, UK artist. In terms of house, be you know Louis Vega, probably my favourite one, and I think the Libertines' first two albums, I always just blast those if I want to move away from hip hop. Fair, fair, cool. I, I would, I would say I'm kind of um, the one that straight away kind of got my thought working was uh, yeah, like classic soul and like Motown, early R and B records, so like Isley Brothers, The Manhattans, like Donny Hathaway. Um, like even people like Prince, like the Drifters, like just people like that. Um, it's, it's certainly something that I listen to a lot, and I've got like a, a what I kind of call it like a classics playlist. It's got like seven hundred songs, and it's all that kind of era. And a lot of that stuff has come from finding samples of hip hop records, finding that one actual sample, but then going through that that um, artist back catalogue. So, like, for example, the Manhattans, there's, like, loads of songs by them that I absolutely love now, but they are also hip-hop, like, samples, but I didn't, I didn't know that. And I kind of discovered, like, a lot of their other songs off the back of that, which has been, which has been really cool, and then just, like, going through that. But then aside from that, um, before I was into hip-hop, I was really, like, a massive, um, like, UK garage head. Like, I just really loved it. And not, like, fucking Artful Dodger and... Um, I'll bring you flowers and Sambuca and all that shit. But like early, uh, early era garage, like 90, 98, 99, that sort of era. So like Groove Chron Chronicles, um, The Click, early So Solid Crew, so like Oh No, just, just like very, very, yeah, very late 90s, um, early part of the garage era um, when it started becoming sort of, it started getting into that weird thing where it was like moving away from house and was like a lot more of like the two-step stuff and vocal. And that is what I'm, what I'm all about. Groove Chronicles, probably like my favorite production team, Noodles and all those boys. So yeah, so that'd be mine. Um, he also asked us another question. He said like he wanted to be a bit cheeky, but ask us another question, which more than welcome. Um, 
And the question is, quite a few artists are releasing lots of projects over a very short period nowadays. Is this a good thing or does it risk diluting their catalogue? Is it necessity due to the disposable nature of streaming? I thought this was a great question. Our friends over at Crate 808 um, did a really good interview recently with Boldy James. Um, so check that out if you haven't had that already. And, and the whole like Griselda stuff, and we've spoken about it on this pod before as well, about you know the, the sheer amount of material they're releasing and how regularly. And I've never really considered like the second part of this question, like is it a necessity rather than an artistic choice? So like, Cal, what do you, what do you think about this question, mate? In terms of like artists releasing lots of lots of work, is it artistic or is it becoming more and more like you kind of have to do it? Yeah, I think they kind of have to do it, don't they? And they're not, you know we always hark back to our day of buying CDs and all of that. And, but it's true, you know, people aren't going into a shop and paying a 10 or 15 quid for a CD anymore. And I always, I'm always interested in stats on music sales and stuff like that. And uh, you on Reddit, you'll see like, this is the top selling albums of the week. And it always says, this is how much it's sold. And it won't be much. It'll be like 100,000, 70,000, the album sold. And then it will have in brackets, so-and-so pure. So 7K pure or 10K pure. It's usually around that number. It's usually like 10% of the overall sales. And the pure ones, which took me a while to work out what that was, it's when somebody's actually bought the album. So they've gone onto Apple Music or Amazon or whatever, and they've bought the whole album pure instead of just streaming it. So and I think because of that, rappers or whatever artists probably aren't making the money that they were making back in the day. And so I think there probably is a necessity uh, to to make as much as they possibly can. I also think with Griselda in particular, they are probably looking to get in and get out, and make as much as they can in a short yeah. amount of space as they as short amount of time um, as possible. So I think it's a bit of both there. Tell you what you think, mate. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. And you know, we talked about earlier about having a DVD about an album. And um, the way things are currently, it doesn't really lend itself towards that. You know, you release an album every couple of months. By the time you kind of get into the album, they've released another one. I think they spoke about Griselda again. But I, I feel like Conway is a bit of a victim of this, where he's done about, I think he's on to about his third album this year. And if those yeah. three albums are one album, he'd have a classic on his end. But instead, they're just three yeah. decent albums. So, in a way, we're kind of denied, but they have to kind of remain relevant and get their streams up. So, it's it's not a great thing. They yeah. both have albums out that... tomorrow, don't they? Well, exactly, yeah. Conway, it's tomorrow, isn't it? And then, and then you've got this deluxe album thing now. Back yes. in the day, um, deluxe albums were made if they had genuine extra songs on. So, Usher had Confessions and... The deluxe album had um, the song with um, Alicia Keys, My Boo, and a few other songs in it. Those are genuine new songs. These days, it's just songs from the same um, sessions, so to speak. So, you know, you're just getting, you're not getting much extra for a deluxe album these days as you would back in the day where you get whole new songs. These are just songs that didn't make the album. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, like I, a I wonder if like... tweak, sorry. Now, as I was saying, sometimes yeah, like, the songs are like just a slight tweak difference. They're like tweak songs. I, I think Lucky Day, he did a like, deluxe album and yeah. he just tweaked a few songs here and there. So they sounded slightly different. And it was like, oh, by my deluxe album, I fucking turned the dial a few inches here and there. It's just <laughs> kind of ruins it a bit. Yeah. Or like just a, a verse that they deleted off the original album because it wasn't good enough and then just stuck it on the end anyway. 
I'm like, oh, look, it's new. You're like, oh, no, this wasn't good enough in the first place. I wonder if there's a lot to do with, like, the streaming thing, I think, is actually a very good point, which is, like, nowadays all businesses run on, like, analytics and data. And I wonder if they look at, like, how it tails off after a certain amount of weeks. And so, like, if your revenue is based on the streaming thing, it's, like, kind of there's a big spike when you release something new. So so maybe there's that just some kind of, like, you know, basic data aspect to it of, like, look, the more the more you release over X amount of time, the more money you're going to make. And I think you're absolutely right about Griselda. I feel that this is a, we, we are hot. Let's just fucking rinse this into the ground, make as much money as we can and get the fuck out. Um, and I think it, that what we'll see a lot more is Griselda, as in its current form now, they will step away and they'll start bringing artists through their label and they will make a, infinitely more money from people that they bring through in this next generation of the Griselda thing. So it's really interesting. I like, it's a really fascinating subject. So um, we'll see where it goes. Um, boys, thanks so much. It's been fucking great. Really, really good chat. Like we've, we've ran like way over normally than we like do normally. So thank you. Um, it's been good fun. Um, if people want to follow you individually, um, where can they follow you T? Um, Thelonious Filth on Twitter and Instagram. Bosh. Uh, at, at, at BC, the Grand Slam, everywhere. 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 <laughs> um, and yeah, and obviously, if you want to get involved, just uh, make sure you're following us at Notorious POD on Twitter and Instagram and all that shit. Um, and yeah, make sure uh, if you like the show, please leave us a nice review. I can't stress this enough because the last review that shows when you go on iTunes is still the guy saying you don't do enough research. <laughs> it's fucking- and it's fucking bothering me. Like every time, like I go, you've got to like, piss that shit off the bowl, guys. I know, <laughs> man. I'm just like, come on, just please, please get involved. <laughs> um, so every time I like put the new episode up, I like scroll to make sure that it's like uploaded correctly on iTunes, and then I just can't help myself. I just scroll to the bottom of the feed, and I'm like, fucking hell, research guy's still there. So yeah, please <laughs> take teas of ice and piss that shit off the bowl because we we need your help right now. Um, so thanks very much, people, um, and get ready for the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and Team for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show, so please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse, that's G-R-I-N-D, house. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favourite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious POD. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.